Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Your church family this morning. Amen. I, I can tell you that I'm thankful for you this morning as, as my parents are in the hospital, as Pastor Mario said. Uh, I'm thankful that I have family besides my wife and daughters and you. You're our family this morning, and we're thankful for uh, the prayers. We're thankful for uh, all the support that we have when we're going through something. Amen. Every one of us have been through times where we need help and love and, and support, and uh, it's such a blessing to have a family. Amen. Just keep uh, mom in prayer. I'm going to go see her after service. Uh, can't have any, any visitors yet because she's still in ICU. And uh, it's, uh, she, need, she needs a touch from God, amen. She needs to start coming out of, of this uh, surgery that she had. And so uh, Pastor Andrew said that just to keep praying and believing with us. Uh, she's not talking yet. Uh, she's not able to speak at the moment. Um, and uh, my dad actually and I were joking to make light of it, that some husbands would be thankful, amen, if their wife couldn't talk. But that's not the case of my dad. And that was my dad's joke, by the way, okay? So not mine. But he's, he, he's not one of them, amen? But some men would be like, huh, man, only a month? Who knows how long it could take? But she's going to speak today by faith when I get there, amen? She's going to say something to me. So I'm going to record it. My sister was up there last night. And uh, she, she's, she's going to come out of it, amen? So just keep praying for her. We know how strong she is. And, and what a great word that Pastor Mario said. They would, they would give everything they have to be here this morning. So I filmed a little bit of that song. And matter of fact, can you turn my phone off, babe, please? Uh, I don't want to be on there. Amen. She hears me enough. So um, I'm going to take that to her and let her hear it after the service. And I know it's going to encourage her because I know she would want to be here this morning. So I want to just speak for a moment. If you've got your Bibles, if you're taking notes and uh, this title of this service is, We're All the Innkeepers. Amen? We're all innkeepers. How many kind of know the story of the, the whole manger scene and Jesus and Mary and the shepherds? And maybe you've seen a play before, or you, you've uh, seen a movie, or just read the story from the Bible. And we, we've, we all kind of know that story. And I want to kind of hit it from an interesting angle this morning. And uh, we've, we've heard of the innkeeper who was the one who told Joseph and Mary that there's no room at the inn. And I want to kind of just uh, prick your hearts and, and minds this morning a little bit. Uh, but what I want to start off in Micah chapter 5 because I love prophecy. I love how the Bible shows us how real it is by showing things that happen uh, in history that there's no way it could have happened if God wasn't involved. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, there's over 300 prophecies about Jesus coming and doing what he did alone. How many know we can't predict anything even the next week, right, other than the fact that the weather's going to change? That's about all we can predict in here. But the Bible's full of prophecies, and the story that we know of the manger and Mary and Joseph and Bethlehem and all that was, was prophesied. We would call it predicted today in our terminology but the Bible's full of these prophecies, and I want to show you a, 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 a chapter here in Micah chapter 5, we're going to read verses 2 through 5, that was written 700 years before Jesus was born. That's a long time, amen? And, and it was spoken, and, and the interesting thing is we know that Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was from Nazareth, okay, that's where he grew up, but how many know he wasn't born in Nazareth? He was born in Bethlehem. 
And so it makes an interesting thing of kind of lifting up our Christmas faith this morning. This would be a good story to share with your family while you're together. It would be a good opportunity to say, hey, you know, listen to this, man. Think about this and share this prophet, prophecy that the Lord gave. And so they're, they're in Nazareth when they get the word and, and Mary hears the voice of God, says you're going you're gonna to bear the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're going to bring him into this world so he can be a living sacrifice for humanity. And then uh, we'll see in the scriptures that the Bible says that they are called to go to Bethlehem for a, a census. But 700 years before we see these words, it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you, the city, shall come forth to me the one. Does anybody in here know the one this morning? How many over here know the one? Amen. The only one. Like Coca-Cola says, he's the real thing. Amen. I know the one. How many are thankful you know the one this morning? Not just someone, but the one. Can I get you a little more excited, amen, that you know the one this morning? There's only one who can heal. There's only one who can deliver. There's only one who can save. There's only one who can set free. The one. Amen. And you and I know him this morning. And he says, to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth, I like this, are from old. That's showing that he's been around. Jesus has been around since the beginning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And that's Jesus, amen? So he's, and then it says, from everlasting. I love, listen, the more you get mature in the Lord, the more you read the Bible, the more you're going to love prophecy. Because it proves what you believe. Okay? And so everlasting. It says, therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor, that's Mary, has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Amen. That's us this morning. And look at this last little part. And this one, say this one, shall be peace. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for opening up our hearts for just a moment this morning and just listening and, and, and being challenged to think about this, this message, Lord, on this Christmas time as we go into spending some time in the next few days with our families, with friends, with uh, uh, people around us. Lord, help us share this truth this morning and help us really think about this and really uh, challenge us in this thought, Father. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to read now one more set of scriptures in Luke chapter 2. And this is what I want you to think about, okay? The title is, We Are All Innkeepers, okay? How many are with me on the story so far? It, it, the story is now that we see that this, this prophecy is being fulfilled that we're going to read here. And 700 years later, they are walking this out, led by the Holy Spirit of God to fulfill this prophecy and it's not a coincidence. There's no coincidences in the Bible. Matter of fact, the word coincidence doesn't even translate from Hebrew or Greek. It doesn't exist. It's not in the Bible. If you think, oh, that's a coincidence, there's no coincidences in the kingdom of God. Everything happens by destiny and by plan and by purpose. And so we're seeing this fulfilled. And it says, and it came to pass. How many have seen some things come to pass in your life? Do I have anybody in here that has seen some things from God come to pass? Amen. It came to pass. Uh, it was mentioned at prayer, promises. 
A promise is something God keeps. We are good at, as humans at breaking our promises. I'm not going to ask how many have had some promises broke to us. Amen. We, we're good at breaking them, and we're good at having the promises broken. But God does not break his promises. And when he says something's going to happen, it comes to pass. And in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. That includes Mary and Joseph. So Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, there you see it, into Judea to the city of David. Now all those words will make sense to you if you study the Bible from the Old Testament. And it says, which is called what? There's that city we saw in Micah chapter 5. In, in Bethlehem. And because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And that child, his name is Jesus. Amen. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought, and this is what's important, she brought forth her firstborn son. Wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and look at this, laid him in a manger. Okay? A manger is what holds this right here, this straw for the animals to eat. And this is real straw that I got out on our land this morning. A man risked my life with a big old longhorn. He was staring it down at, at 6 o'clock this morning when it was dark. And, and, and I, we had, we had to, I, I was, you know, it was close enough where I just had to grab it quick and get out because he was staring at me he didn't say nothing but he was staring at me so this this is exactly what animals would eat out of and this is what they laid Jesus in and and that's just a picture church of how lowly our savior came to be to go to the lowest of lowest amen he humbled himself there's a reason why God allowed that to happen so he could be born in that humility most of us today in our lives, we would think that he would be born in a palace where he deserved to be born, and he would have be, be laid on gold, and he'd be laid and in, in, in taken care of in the best hospital and all that, but God said, listen, I need to re- be able to relate to everybody. So I'm going to go down to the lowest of the lowest, and they laid him in that manger, and he says this, because there was no room for them in the inn. Okay. Now, stay with me here for a second because this is interesting. This isn't a doctrinal thing, but this is important to think about. We know the story we see in plays and movies and all that, and we, we have that picture of the manger off on its own, out kind of in the middle of, kind of like out here, like you'd picture out here where I got this hay from. It's, it's out off, off by just the animals. It's not connected to the church. It's not connected to the house. That's kind of the picture that we have. But if you start to study culture, you start to see that it's very possible that that's not how it happened and that it wasn't a stable off on its own, but it could have been very possible that it was somebody in Joseph's family or somebody that they knew that they went to their house to stay because Joseph was from Bethlehem. And so they went to this place to try to find a place to stay, and there was no room. The thing about this with the room is, is what I want us to begin to think about, is we are all innkeepers, okay? And the question is, do you and I have room for Jesus? Do we make room for the Lord? 
Amen? Do, do we make room for him to be the master of our house and the Lord of our house? If this, in this next few days at Christmas time, are we going to make room for the person that we're celebrating? Or are we going to be too busy passing out gifts and eating and celebrating his birth in his name, but kind of leave him out a little bit? This is, this is kind of what happened when, when Mary and Joseph went to look for shelter. Everybody's bombarding this city to go do this census, and people are going back to the city, and, and houses are filling up. So I want you to picture this. How many have ever had, it doesn't even have to be this time, have ever had family come in for Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, and they've stayed at your house? Let me see your hands. You've had them come in. So family comes in, and you start having to make room in different rooms, the guest room, and the bedrooms, and sometimes they'll lay on the couch, and sometimes they'll be on the floor. It just depends on how many people come in, and that house fills up, and then all of a sudden another guest shows up, or somebody comes in unexpected, or somebody comes in that you don't want to. I didn't say that, did I? Amen. Unexpected, right? And they show up, and, and, and you say, oh, we'll, we'll make room for you. Yeah, come on in. We, they called, you know, and Christmas Day and say, hey, we're, we're just coming through. You got anything to eat? And just, Oh, yeah, come on through, right? So that stuff happens, stuff that's not planned for. Well, they knew Mary and Joseph were going, these family members that could have been, but they did not have room for him because they had already bombarded that house and filled up those rooms. And so the story tells us culturally that what would have happened is they wouldn't have had found room in, that, in, the, in the inn, which would be is another translated word for guest room, there was no guest room because it was taken. And so they said, we have some shelter, and it would have been, and I was talking to Kendra about this and Rowdy. They just recently went to Israel, so they heard this and saw this. They literally went in what they believed to be that manger, and it was underground. It was like in a cave. And so it would have, if you were to picture that cave, and then maybe uh, possibly above that, that underground area, there's a, there's a floor and maybe a second floor of a house and so the house is filled up, but now when they come, all the rooms are taken, and so the, the could have been a family member, could have been a brother, could have been a, 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 an uncle, could have been someone that they know in that city and said, hey, we're, all the rooms are full, but we have this place down with the animals, and at least it's shelter. And that's how it happened. Okay, but did you notice in that verse that there is no innkeeper? We see that in the story, but there's no innkeeper. There's no mention of him. Me and you are the innkeepers this morning. Amen? All of us are innkeepers in this place. And the question is, because how many know salvation is personal? The question is, have I made room as the innkeeper for my heart, for Jesus? Have I made room? Or, or did Jesus come? Maybe you say, well, I'm saved. What are you talking about? Well, Jesus doesn't just come once. Jesus wants to have relationship with us. He wants to have fellowship with us. So is it possible that even around Christmas time, we could be so busy celebrating in his name that we don't have room for him to come in and fellowship with us? And that's what I want us to think about this morning. I want us to realize that we are all innkeepers. And, and, and God wants to come in, and he wants to, he wants to have a... a and, and I thought about this in the first service, too. This is interesting, too. Not only... Did, did, how many know if, that, if Mary was pregnant, somebody in that house should have said, I'll give up my room. I, there's a pregnant woman here. I'm not going to let this pregnant woman go down and be in this, in, with the animals down there where, where they're eating. I'm, I'll give up my room. But how many know that we, we get selfish sometimes? 
And, 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 and they might not, you say, well, they didn't know. You know what, it's very possible that they didn't know, but they had to have, have known something was happening. You know when you got saved, the Holy Spirit was dealing with you, and you started to realize, I need a Savior, and you started to, God started to stir your heart a little bit, and things started to happen. In that house, there had to have been a stir because Jesus was there. The presence of the living God physically on the earth was there. There had to be a stir as that spirit went through the house and the, and the rooms and the guest rooms, nobody said, I'll give up mine. We talked about sacrifice at the offering. Sacrifice has been mentioned. Pastor Mario mentioned that woman in another, and I said that a few weeks ago. People that aren't saved and don't have the truth sometimes outgive us, sometimes outsacrifice us. Now we know we're not saved by those sacrifices, but the attitude behind it is, let me make room for Jesus. Let me make sure that I don't get so busy because they knew Mary and Joseph were coming. They knew that they were coming to that place, but they got busy and let other people come in, and nobody would give them that room in the end. So I want you to think about that this morning as we read the rest. I'm going to read the rest of this story. What verse do we pick up? I'm going to pick up an eight. Now, they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you, how many know we've got some good news this morning, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. How many all people do I have in here this morning? For there is born to you, and this is the verse that John read, at, off, at prayer time that I did not ask him to read, which is this is the, the fulfillment of Isaiah 9-6. There is to you born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, watch this, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. Now, real, real quick before I read this next verse, I just mentioned to you something would have been stirring in the house. Isn't it interesting that shepherds were out in the fields and they heard the voice of the Lord, but the people in the house didn't? How come nobody in the house was willing to give up their room for Jesus to come in? Amen? Now you might say, well, he had to go down to the manger. He had to fulfill. Yes, that's truth. But th what I'm asking you this morning is how many times do we miss God because we're not willing to sacrifice? Because we're not willing to give something up? Because we're selfish? I know I'm not talking to anybody in here, amen? I'm talking to everybody in here. We all deal with selfishness. It's easy at this time of the year, especially to get to that thought where, what am I getting for Christmas? Has anybody given me anything? And lose the meaning of why we're celebrating, amen? That's why this was something that, that I love doing every year now, because I wanted to personally make sure that I made a gift for my Lord, that I personally thought about it and didn't leave him out of this. That I per How many know we got to do that sometimes? we got to go out of our way to make it personal. And so that, that's, what, that's what we're seeing here. Those shepherds got it. So it says, so it was when the angels had gone away in, from them into heaven 
that the shepherd said, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that shall come to pass, that has come to pass. So they're seeing the prophecy of Micah. They knew the word, which the Lord has made known to us. And here we begin to finish. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, watch this, this is our job. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things in her heart and pondered them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. There's something that we have to realize this morning, church. I have to make a choice, not just when I get saved, but I have to make a choice every day. Am I leaving room for Jesus? I'm the innkeeper, amen? There's that door there, and I'm the innkeeper. How much am I letting God move in my life? Am I, am I saying, well, I'll just let him move on Sunday, or let him move on Wednesday, or let him move, or is, is he Lord every day? Every day that I wake up, is, is the Lord Lord, amen? Does he get my first time? Does he get my first thoughts? That's something we have to ask ourselves this morning. And I want to finish with one last verse in Revelations 3, verse 20. So we went to the Old Testament, the New Testament, and now the end of the Bible. Look what it says here. We're all innkeepers. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking. And it says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus showed up in, 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 in the womb of a baby on that night, and he was knocking on that door. And that innkeeper said, there's no room. How many know there's a lot of people in this world who say, I don't have no room for you, Jesus? They might even say they believe in him. They might even say, you know, I know you're the Messiah, and I know you're the king, but I don't have any room for you. Nobody in the house was willing to move. How many this morning want to say, God, I want to be willing to move for you. I want to be willing to dis, uh, you know, take away my space and give you mine. I want to make sure that if you ask me to do something, I'll do it this morning. Amen? Let's bow our heads this morning and close our eyes. And let's let this thought ponder in our spirits. Let this, let this spirit of God minister to us on this, that we're all innkeepers. That every single one of us, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, do, do a self-examination this morning. We're going to take up communion in just a minute. And that's a moment where we need to examine ourselves. We need to check our spirits and say, Lord, is there room for you in my inn? Is there room for you in my house? Church, don't let God be the Lord of just some rooms in your house. Make sure that Jesus is the Lord of all the rooms in your house. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, I want to ask a question. How many in this place could say, you know what, Pastor? I've never given Jesus lordship of my life. You're speaking to me this morning. I'm the innkeeper. Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart right now. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever let him in. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's not about religion. There's not going to be Catholics or Methodists or Pentecostals or Baptists or anything or Hindus or Muslims or Mormons or any of those things in heaven. There's only going to be people who are bought with the blood of Jesus. There's only going to be people who have believed in the salvation of the Lord. 
who believe these scriptures, that unto, for unto us a child is born, and his name is Counselor, Prince of Peace, Wonderful, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Today is he Lord. Again, I can't stress enough, I'm not asking if you believe in him. You know why I ask that? Because Jesus, God said in his word, even the, dimble, the devils believe and tremble at his word. It's not enough just to believe. It's not enough just to say, yeah, I know Jesus is Lord. I know Jesus is Master. The question is, have you let him in? Have you let him in? And Jesus doesn't want to just come into your living room. He wants to come into your whole house. He wants to come into every room. He wants to come into every closet. He wants, to, he wants to have lordship and keys over everything. He's a God who says, I want it all or I want nothing at all. We're all innkeepers this morning. Is there room for Jesus? I can't answer that for you. You can't answer that for me. You can't answer that for a friend or a family member. You can only answer it for yourself. And that's the question I want to ask you today. Is there room for Jesus? How many in this place, before we move on in the next part of this service and take communion and celebrate what the Lord has done this morning, how many could say, Pastor, would you pray for me right now? Would you lead me in the sinner's prayer because I don't know Jesus? I've never accepted him into my life. I've never made room for him as the innkeeper. Would you be honest today and say, that's me? Just lift up your hand. Just lift it up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you this morning. This is the best gift you could ever get in your life. It's, it's an interesting thing. I don't know your heart. I can't see your heart right now. I can't see your thoughts. I can't see what you do. I can't see your past. But I know one thing. If I was to stand up here today and say, I've got a million dollars in my hand. How many want it? Only, only people insane in this place would not take it. Only people who are, have lost their minds would say, I don't know, I don't want a million dollars. Well, I'm offering you something better. I'm offering you something way more than a million dollars. I'm offering you what the Bible says is the greatest gift ever given. Greater than a lottery, greater than, than anything you've ever had in your life. It's called salvation. Because whether you believe it or not, the Bible says there'll be a day that'll come that we will stand before that God that we're talking about. The one who prophesied 700 years before and predicted what he was going to do. Do you know how many things had to change or could have changed between that prediction in Micah and Jesus being laid in that manger? How many things could have changed in that 700 years to change the course? But God kept his promise. And if he did it then, he'll do it today. He's a promise keeper. How many this morning? Pastor, pray for me. I'm waiting just a moment because I don't want anybody to leave without this free gift. The best gift you'll ever have in your life. Jesus already paid the price. He already laid his life down for you. Came from heaven. Left those streets of gold and majesty and glory to come and be laid physically in a physical body in a place where animals eat. And then he lived a life and sacrificed his life and death on the cross for you and me so you could be saved. I have presented to you today the good news, the good tidings, the gospel. All you have to do is accept it. As I move on, how many would say, please, please pray for me. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down. 
I need Jesus this morning. All over this place, all over this place, God sees your hearts. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, if you would, for just a moment. And I want us to begin to prepare our hearts for communion. I, I've, I've prayed and, and you've said, I'm saved. I don't know your heart. I don't know if you're really saved. I hope you are. I hope your heart's right with God. Because you definitely can't say you didn't hear the gospel. Because we've presented it to you this morning. And it's a simple gospel. Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. How many are thankful for that this morning? Amen. How many are thankful for the glory and the power and the forgiveness and the salvation of Jesus? Amen. Our ushers are going to begin, begin to come forward and we're going to begin to pass out communion. Your only requirement of taking this is that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.